0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Revival Leadership Podcast, a podcast about becoming the type of people that can lead in times of revival when it comes. I'm Adam and joined by my co-host Greg, and today on the podcast we are kicking off Season 2 by exploring what revival leadership looks like through the lens of strategy and mystery. As ministry leaders, we're often tempted to think that human strategy and that the mysteries of God are opposed to each other, but in revival we see them actually working together. If
1: there is a picture par excellence of revival leadership, it is Mary, <laughs> because right. every revival leader right. um, hosts a calling of God on their right. life in, in mm-hmm. their human body and. And we, the, one of the ways that you, you have to start, and in, in, in all of us are going to have to start, if God is going to do a new thing and birth a new thing in our time and our places, we are going to have to say yes to him.
2: In this box, our leadership that recognizes we're dependent and not the primary actor that actually leads us. To prayerful strategic choices, but uh-huh. it you know it's out of an awareness of our dependence that we pray, and it's also out of an awareness of our you know our inability to like produce fruit that we pray. But we also have a role to play, when we make strategic choices.
1: But this is where revival leadership happens. And I think we could say that this box really represents um, incarnation. Which is, it's it's high mystery, but it's high strategy. It's God acting through human beings. So, today on the podcast, um, we're actually, Adam and I are here, and we're joined by um, the executive pastor of the Sanctuary Church Network here in Providence, Sarah Cowan Johnson.
0: And you know her, right, Craig? I
1: do. I've met her um, at least a few times before, and... Uh, On one of those occasions, she uh, agreed to marry me. So So welcome to the podcast, Sarah. It's good to have you. And it's fun today because, you know, as we're thinking about revival leadership, one of the, um, I think one of the most helpful concepts uh, that revival leaders kind of live in is the idea of um, being high mystery, high strategy leaders and this isn't our idea our, our our friend ryan who
0: you met on season one, one which you should all listen to and if um, you haven't you should go back because we might talk about things in one or two words that we've spent 45 minutes yeah, talking about we
1: shorthand a few things so definitely you want to catch up uh, so you're all caught up and stuff but anyway ryan ryan had this kind of really helpful concept of thinking about um you know, as we leave, there's always a, a, a kind of a, a tension between these two ideas, the mystery and strategy. So mystery being like you know, w- mystery. I mean, in other words, Enough. like we're talking about God here. So there are things, elements about God are beyond our understanding, beyond our ability to plan for, you know, um, Isaiah 55 says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. So. Um so there's always in ministry a, a sense of mystery and throughout the story people of God God always does things that people never expected or never mm-hmm. could have even anticipated. On the other hand, there's this element of strategy that God that human beings have some kind of role to play mm-hmm. and um and and human beings can plan things and execute things and but it, it sometimes feels like we're a little bit of two minds. We kind of go from the one to the other in our ministry. And if you've been in ministry, you've probably felt a tension yep. kind of either towards one or the other. Or you
0: just camp out in one or the other. Camp out in one or the other. Surgially, you, denominationally.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know, Sarah. What, I mean, I don't know where you lean naturally. but we yes, were, you do. Okay, well, <laughs> you'd probably be a strategic leader. Definitely. And and I also think that when we... So Sarah and I, full disclosure, were on staff within our varsity together for 13 years. And I think during a lot of those years, we probably...
2: We, we divided and conquered those things. So you were the mystery person. and I was the strategy person. Is, is that how it worked? You know, I, I that's how it worked.
0: I was <laughs> on their team oh, yeah. for the entire time. And that's how it worked. Yeah. Great but, be yeah. like, I don't know, but they came to faith. And Sarah would have the metrics of how it happened. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, or we'd sit down to plan a meeting and I would start with the schedule and you're like, oh, we should pray or have some sense of vision or theme or what is God doing? And I'm like, what are we going to have for snacks?
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> snacks are an important ingredient in revival. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but before, before we even um, came across this framework that um, we're going to talk about tonight, I actually remember having this moment several years ago, where I started to feel really dissatisfied or aware that something was missing mm. in my own leadership and really in my life. Mm. Um, and it was actually at a party that we had at our house.
1: Which is, if you know me and Sarah, one of our favorite hobbies is throwing parties. So... Yes. We had the summer party and... Continue. <laughs> um,
2: and um, I was catching up with a friend who's actually now a colleague of mine, Um but i hadn't seen him in a while and he was a pastor in providence and i was asking him about his summer and i was just struck by his answer wasn't like oh let me tell you about all my ministry projects or things that i'm doing it was like oh i am my relationship with jesus has like kind of exploded and i'm he basically was just describing he's like infatuated with jesus and i remember the moment where he's paused and i had almost nothing to say back like nothing that would match that was like, mm, oh wow mm, that's really cool but wow. I don't have I have a lot of ministry projects I could talk to you about but I feel like I'm lacking something in terms of my dependence on the Holy Spirit my relationship with Jesus so that was like a that was a moment for me where I realized the strategy side of my ministry was kind of usurping mm-hmm. even my um Yeah, even my personal relationship with Jesus. So
1: that's so powerful. And even at that time, I'd say, I mean, we had a a wealth of like going to going to different churches, and like we'd be able to train people in evangelism, and we'd be able to give them tips and how to, you know, think strategically or do a planning cycle or come up with a strategic plan. But there's like something missing. In it, which was this kind of sense of spirituality or the presence of God, and mm. I, I think there's probably other churches or other pe- people that have the experience where they're they're deep into the Holy Spirit and crazy things are happening, and they pray for hours and hours on end, but there isn't actually a lot of tangible. Like if you ask people around the church like would you be sad if this church disappeared they'd be like what church? You know, <laughs> like what are they actually doing? Right. And so So I mean, I think
0: Adam, what are we trying to say? We're trying to say that both are important. Yeah. And necessary for for revival leadership.
1: Yeah. But
0: but
2: and it I- takes some amount of intentionality and um, thoughtfulness I think unless you're sort of a naturally middle of the road person in that area to, yeah. to do both well
0: so it most likely takes some discomfort on the part of the leader to lean into the, the weaker side for mm-hmm. your, where, you know, whatever your weaker side is and and I do think
1: that there's this tendency to see them as competing. So the different mm-hmm. personality types are drawn to I'm a high mystery person, <laughs> oh I'm a high strategy person, oh you're wrong, I'm right. Like
2: Well not we even t- wrong or right, but just mine my way is better. There's there can be some
1: yeah, judgmentalism
2: about even how you, you approach a topic you're ridiculous
1: you're going to plan this meeting by praying the whole time what kind of hogwash is that or you're not going to pray so we think of it as existing on like a polarity like a mm-hmm. gradient if you imagine a straight line on one side you have mystery mm-hmm. the other side you have strategy and they're tugging each other right and I, I think what Ryan's insight was is actually, I mean, and this is always a, a secret trick. Like, what are you <laughs> sure about this trick, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, my favorite my favorite thing is a grid that has two axes um, that makes a nice little two two. for a two-by-two two grid that it makes a little, you know, four box, four quadrant box. Yeah, so
0: mm-hmm. you take
1: two things that seem to be in competition and you actually make it possible to we put ha- one
2: on the, on the horizontal axis and yeah. you put one on the vertical axis.
1: Yeah. So if you can just imagine in your mind, we do this with mystery and strategy. Now we have four boxes and on the, on the lower left, we have low mystery, low strategy. And on the upper right, we have high mystery, high strategy. And then of course the other options are, um,
0: Low and low and high and high,
1: yeah, low one and high the other, low, high, and one the other, and so thinking about this actually, I mean we can lump kind of churches or groups into kind of how they tend to operate, so mm-hmm. maybe we could just walk like through the grid and imagine
0: what's there, so um we, we can we'll attach it yeah, we'll, image uh, somehow that somewhere. would be a good would yeah, so check it out in the. Show notes. Check it. That that by we the may time, or may by the time, by the
1: time you hear this episode, there will be a beautiful graphic for you to follow yes. along with. A two with. by two grid, two. yeah, with four quadrants. Yeah, but let's just imagine that graphic exists, and we're in the lower left-hand quadrant, which is low mystery and low strategy. I mean, what? We're what?
2: not even really sure that this box. Exists exist in real life.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I think you're sleeping. Yeah, you're asleep. You're taking a nap. Or, but it, it, it or
2: was... I guess it could be churches or ministries yeah. that sort of have a historic placeholder in the world. You know, maybe something that kind of becomes or more of a historical... They, they, have, have, a su- they have a building. Survival. Yeah. yeah.
1: They have a building.
0: And... Well,
2: but survival, hopefully you have
1: A
0: strategy, strategy to survive. Well, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> Hanging on, maybe. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's true. You have a strategy. We...
1: There's there it's it's not exactly an exciting um community to be
0: part of. Right. It's and never a quadrant that we even spend time in in explaining because it's usually like, well, you're doing neither of the two things. so yeah. We're not even you're not even in the room. You're not <laughs> You're not, doing you're not, yeah. you're not trying things. to
1: seek God, and you're not trying to do anything. Right. So, so you're kind of so, like a country club. Yeah. yeah. Except with without. Yeah. Any maybe strategy.
2: maybe it's like a perpetual.
0: A potluck, <laughs> no potlucks, <can laughs> which would even strategic. be a strategy to Perpetual like potluck. bond with people. I know. So, I, know, I think that we could should change strategic. the name of our podcast to
1: Perpetual Potluck. Perpetual <laughs> Potluck, no, so uh, but then if we, if we move towards let's say it's the high mystery, low strategy group. So, these are the folks that are. Living in the, uh, you know, higher realms of heaven, and they're they're praying a lot. And
2: well, I think in their in in this box, God is seen as the primary. I mean, God is always the primary actor, but almost like the sole actor. So God's will explains both success and failure in ministry. Mm. Um, There's sort of a hyper spiritualization of any outcomes or things like that. So sort of God is the one who acts and we watch him mm. acting and we interpret what he's doing. But really, there's a very low emphasis on our activity. So, meaning, really right, for example,
0: nobody came to our big call the faith evangelism night. Must uh-huh. have been a spiritual attack. The devil's out there. But you also <laughs> didn't invite anybody. <laughs> exactly.
1: You didn't invite anyone. You didn't advertise. Right. And...
0: Yeah. that's the extreme yeah. right and there, but there,
2: but yeah. I think less extreme and I think we can all sort of we're all I mean I'm familiar with this um, there can be sort of a skepticism about any kind of attaching numbers to any kind of goals or any mm-hmm. kind of strategy or planning that feels unspiritual mm-hmm. um, because how can we tell God what to do or mm-hmm, how can right. we kind of put the cart before the horse mm-hmm. and so and I think there's some valid critique in there which we will get to when we look at the other extreme right. but yeah. I think that that kind of marks that box sort of a skepticism of anything that feels overly strategic yeah. especially numbers yeah yeah or you know specific goals
1: Yeah exactly and but kind of what this that's really helpful mm-hmm. but with this box in some sense discounts is is the role of human beings in God's ongoing mm-hmm. plan that actually human beings human initiative like God created the world but didn't didn't bring about redemption, except by, you know, he planned to do it through us and right. in partnership with us. And so, I mean, if you were to assign a heresy in this box, it would probably be Gnosticism. Yep. Right. This idea that just kind of knowing things about God without actually ever enfleshing that, right. putting it into any kind of practice is somehow going to be redemptive. Stay away from the Gnosticism. <laughs> and it's so funny that all those ancient heresies show up. You sure. know. They, they keep coming back. Yeah, right? just in different ways. Um, so moving on, we have the high... Wait, this is the low mis- What is Low mystery. This? Low mystery, high, high strategy. strategy. This yeah. is
2: the box that I'm very familiar with. Tell us about it. Um, well, so in this box, I think human beings are the primary actors. At least that's how we feel. Yeah. Um, and so we have... Just very pragmatic leadership. Um, our strategic choices that we kind of attach all the the meaning and all the um, uh, I'm losing my train of thought.
1: Um, well, we, it's like we're we're solely responsible. Like, and, right. and if something good yeah. happens, it's because we right. Did a so leadership. success
2: and failure, we explain that by things that we did, strategic choices that we made. You know, good planning, good execution, yeah. right. Um, and, and kind of the extreme of this are results or even numeric, you know, outcomes, how many people came to an event. This can become not just evidence of God's moving and working, but actually that can begin to define our success and failure. Mm -hmm. We can kind of build our entire ministry life and, and identity around numbers as the only sign of fruit in a
0: ministry. I, I'm sure no one listening has any <laughs> I just connection like, to that. I just feel like you're hitting
1: very close to home. Just try to imagine what that <laughs> right. would be like. <laughs> right, If you felt that your ministry was advised for lay numbers. people, but if you're in ministry, right. I mean, I just feel like this is thick in the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. sure.
2: And when we kind of talk about numbers or we, you know, say we were like evaluating an event and, you know, a discussion about who came and what our numbers are, it doesn't lead us actually anywhere you know, it doesn't lead us to the presence of the Holy Spirit who kind of talks to us about that. Mm-hmm. It actually just leads us back to more tactical conversations. Yeah, so right. we the numbers kind of push us into more strategy. They don't push us to the Holy Spirit. Um yeah. or to prayer. Mm-hmm. So
1: Yeah. And I, I feel like, I mean, at least for a significant chunk of my staff career university i probably i probably lean naturally mystery but i think i it was in a system that was very much valued um growth in numbers the number of people coming to faith and so that those just became incredibly important you know and, yeah. and um, i do think this can lead obviously to burnout mm-hmm. un- unchecked because when it's all up to you and everything depends on you and you and God is there and you pray it. maybe you pray at the beginning of a meeting at the end of the meeting but in the middle it's all up to you and then on campus it's all up to you or mm-hmm. on, on Sunday morning it's all up to you. It can, it can be. It's psych- not a light and easy yoke. It's not. the it. yeah, exactly.
2: It's a heavy yoke and you feel like you're the one pull, You know, pulling all the weight. Yeah. So actually for me that image of the yoke and knowing that. I am this, like, baby ox yoked <laughs> to a much stronger, yeah. more reliable, you yeah. know, more experienced ox. Like, that actually, for me, has been a really helpful
1: yeah. image. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a heresy. This is, pr- it's materialism, probably. Yeah. Which, is you know, just, like, you know, what Marxism or other philosophies are based on, with the idea that all that really matters is Things matter.
2: that can... Touch and see and measure and... and
1: quantify. Quantify. Yeah. You know. So this leads us then to the... Drum roll. <laughs> up and to the right. Yeah, <laughs> up and to the right. <laughs>
2: it's our favorite box.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, high mystery, high strategy is kind of a, a little unicorn of a place to live, but mm-hmm. it is... And this is kind of what we'll spend the rest of the time really talking about. Is like. Yeah. But this is where revival leadership happens and i think we could say that this box really represents um incarnation which is it's it's high mystery but it's high strategy it's god acting through human beings
2: right right so it's it's an awareness that we have a role to play but it's also an awareness of our you know where we fall so we are (laughs) We are not the primary actors. Um, God's power infuses our leadership. God, mm-hmm. you know, there's sort of this—I don't know—surprising and and crazy way that He wants to partner with us, but we mm. are that baby ox. <clears throat> and um, he's
1: in, the big ox. Yeah, yeah. And
2: in in that in this box, our leadership that recognizes we're dependent and not the primary actor—it actually leads us. To prayerful strategic choices, but there mm-hmm. it you know it's out of an awareness of our dependence that mm-hmm. we pray, and it's also out of an awareness of our you know our mm-hmm. inability to like produce fruit that we pray, but we also have a role to play, and we make strategic choices um, mm-hmm. and in this place, I think numbers we think about them, we care about them, we're strategic in our planning and our you know goal setting but I would hope in this box, our, any conversation about numbers is leading us back to prayer mm-hmm. and is leading us back to... So when we experience ministry success, we are giving credit to the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we are disappointed, we're asking God to help us interpret that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that actually creates sort of a spiritual hunger when mm-hmm. we you know, have something that fails or in our minds fails, then we're actually like, oh, what is... What is what is the burning in my heart? Is it, is it my pride Mm -hmm. that wants something that, that God doesn't want? Or is this actually, I'm hungering for the same thing that God wants and we need to pray for breakthrough. Mm -hmm. So
0: it it puts us in proper place in a negative and positive way. Like you're not that important. Also you're important. You know, (laughs) like you, uh, it reminds me of the the prayer that we often pray at retreats from, um, Oscar Ramiro, where he's like we cannot do everything oh, we provide yeast that provide uh, produces far beyond our capabilities we can't do everything there's a sense of liberation realizing that uh, da, da, da. and then it says we are the workers not master builders yes. we're ministers not messiahs like, mm-hmm. like you are not the one that enables this to happen yep. at the same time yep. if you don't act it won't happen right. yeah right. and that's a hard place to live in right.
1: the and it's a humbling thing too right. to watch God use our actions to do more than we would have ever anticipated right and to realize that it, actually if we hadn't acted this thing wouldn't have happened but when we did act we just made room for god right to show up
2: right i, I found that sort of shifting into this box has helped me to feel like a an, you know a thankfulness and sort of an awe that god would use me which is very different from feeling like i i'm uh. the best you know i can do this look at me i'm
1: oh you yeah. know there's so this when, like in success you feel like you you're able to give credit to god but then in struggle or failure if you are in this box, you're able to not absorb all that as like an indictment on... Right. Mm-hmm.
2: But just in general, I think I've just felt this um, sense that I think it's pretty incredible that God actually chooses to use human beings at all. Yeah, and yeah. so the fact that I get to be the baby ox in the yoke, you mm. know, <clears> mm. that that's like a place of privilege and mm. not, a place of, not a place of entitlement.
1: Mm. So, I, I mean, even as we start talking about this, I think one... Question for you as you're listening is, you know, it's just helpful. Think about it. Is like, what, where, what kind of leadership do you lean towards? Are you a naturally strategic person that you're, you think tactically, you think strategically, you're kind of, you know, more like Sarah (laughs) naturally. That's your bent, and and probably Adam.
0: Also a disciple of Sarah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I was gonna say that might be my fault.
1: Or are you, yeah, or are you, you know, kind of lean into the mystery, you know? So, um, you know, for like one example, I I think also people operate great in partnership. Like I I, was so helpful for me to have Sarah because when I first embraced this call, which I talked about, of course, in season one to seek revival, seek God for revival, um, uh, Which
2: is a pretty mysterious it, it's like, thing it, to be called to.
0: Yeah, and I, t- I
1: would tell people about it for a long time. And <laughs> yeah. They're like, "What the hell are you?" I mean, what are you I talking? when I
0: first heard about it, I was like, "Cool, it, man!" Yeah. And <laughs> what I just I didn't, know how it goes. I didn't know how to
1: talk about it at that time, but I, I God did give me a call to build altars of prayer, and I went around telling everyone God's <laughs> calling me to build altars of prayer. You know, I heard it in Uganda, and I'm finally you know seven years later gonna do it and then at was some point sarah which is this is the beauty of the strategic gift sarah was like i hear you talking a lot about these altars i'm wondering what one looks like i don't really see you doing anything and that right there captures the mystery and strategy is like walking like mystery is left foot strategy is right foot mm-hmm. but if otherwise you're just kind of hopping or stumbling along the idea is you hear we hear from God, and then we do something about it, mm-hmm. and then we go back to the Lord. And so it was so helpful. Sarah coached me very strategically. Well, what's an altar? And I'm like, well, <laughs> an altar is you clear space for God. And she's like, okay, where could you clear space? And I'm like, I don't know. And Sarah's like, well, what if we stop watching Netflix every Tuesday night, and we, we have a prayer meeting? And I said, I don't know about that. I don't know. That sounds a little crazy. And Sarah's like, did God tell you to do this or not? And I was like, he told me to do it. And she's like, well, then you should do something. And it was that coaching and then actually doing it that made room almost like that was the yeast that God used to to actually infuse our, I mean, in some ways infuse both inner varsity and sanctuary. I'm not saying it was all due to that, but I'm saying that was an important
0: was certainly, an important strategy
1: part. in shifting the prayer culture of mm-hmm. both groups and also opening both groups up to a vision of God moving in
0: revival, mm-hmm.
2: right? But without that sense of mysterious call, that, that probably is not a strategy we ever would have dreamed up. No. Like, how and without
0: that sense of strategy, Greg right. would have not probably done anything with it, right? It
2: would have just remained an interesting idea in you your mind. You guys are
0: a great pair.
1: Anyway, this, I do think we, we immediately sensed the relevance of this concept you know as soon as kind of Ryan introduced it to us. In fact, Sarah was tasked with training all the um, new area directors for our inner varsity, mm-hmm. and she um, created the, the training for. It was like like a week-long training for these guys. and,
2: she, and it's a highly I mean it's a highly skill skill-focused training, which is appropriate for coming into a new role, Mm -hmm. but I think I felt after having immersed my own heart in this idea for a year or more, I felt like, oh, it it feels like a disservice to these rising leaders to give them a lot of strategy Mm -hmm. and not help them to lean into the mystery, Um, and so, yeah, I I built the, the week around that framework.
1: Um, it, well, it was cool that some of the scriptures you guys studied for that one was like Jehoshaphat mm-hmm. so I mean this would be great even to talk like there's examples in the bible all through yeah, people each... in the bible that have been used in these breakthrough moments have exercised high mystery high strategy leadership
2: Right. so we for that particular week we chose scripture every day that sort of was an example of someone leading in a high, highly mysterious highly strategic way um, and I think we started with Jehoshaphat.
1: Yeah. Well and so that one was I mean, if you remember that story, um, which I'm I think I have in my mind pretty clearly, but Second Chronicles twenty. Second Chronicles twenty, and I think it's the Assyrian king Sennacherib or somebody is or Nebo Pilesar or Tiglath Pileser the third or somebody like that. Oh Nebo is threatening <laughs> Israel and basically kind of of making a mockery of Israel's God and basically saying, your God is ridiculous and you need to just become my vassal servants and surrender. And Jehoshaphat, you know, I mean, they're horribly outnumbered by this this foreign army. There's no way they're going to survive. And so Jehoshaphat has several options. I mean, he could pick the strategic side and either surrender or try to fight a ridiculous battle but instead he calls a a holy assembly and they turn to god verse
2: 12 um he says you know we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us we do not know what to do but our eyes are on Mm. you he's praying and that that refrain we do not know what to do but our eyes are on you that was sort of the yeah. That's the the heart of this story. And that sums it up. Yeah, and then he calls all the men and women and children, and it says all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord, and they so prayed, powerful. and he called a fast for the whole, you know, yeah. the whole community, and then there was a prophecy. So, but yeah, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you.
1: What, what's, like just think about this for a minute. Like think about the state right now of the church, and think about. You know, read all the Pew studies, Barna studies. Look at just look at um, the direction that things are heading. And as as leaders in a declining Western church, we have different options. We mm-hmm. can we can try to fight the battle. And I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to get political here, but I do think that many have chosen that. Like, let's try to hang on to the last vestiges of cultural power that we have. Mm-hmm. But I do think what would it look like to turn to the lord what would it look like for the Christ, for christian leaders to call the people of god to turn to god lord we don't know what to do
2: yeah.
1: but our eyes are on you and then of course god they don't stay in that assembly but god reveals a specific mm-hmm. plan
2: right and this the famous line that people you know often quote from this chapter in the prophecy that comes as their Praying and fasting is, um, you know, for the battle is not yours but God's. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's specific instructions and there's this, you know, massive victory.
1: Yeah, and they do what God tells them. Right, they
2: they don't do nothing, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but their strategy comes from prophecy, which is really pretty um, countercultural to how we think about strategy in ministry, even. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a little bit countercultural to how we think about prophecy. prophecy. Yeah. So
1: it's a di- it's a divinely given strategy, yeah. and it's similar to to the Israelites marching around the walls of Jericho seven times. Like this is not the way you take a walled city, but God's like, here's what I want you to do. And so in faith, they implement divine strategy, and and God brings a breakthrough. And I mean, the early church is like this too in Acts thirteen. When Paul and, is it Silas or Barnabas, coming back from, we got our fact checkers here, coming back from, we are going so off the cuff tonight, coming back from making the offering in Jerusalem, they come back to Antioch, and the church gathers, and it looks like it's Barnabas, yeah, and it looks, it it looks like, oh, I was hoping it was Silas, because our (laughs) second son is named Silas, but, um, it, you know they gather together and they're worshiping the Lord and fasting, and then in that moment the Holy Spirit gives instructions, set apart Saul and Barnabas for, you know, basically what to to preach the gospel in Europe, and and so they pray and they fast some more, and then they send them out, and of course from that prayer and fasting arises God's instructions, and then they obey, and of course. Paul and Barnabas have to make all kinds of strategic choices and do all kinds of material things, like get in a boat, you know, go to Europe, tell, you know, mm-hmm. where do we start? Oh, let's start in the synagogue. What if that doesn't work? Let's go down and meet, what's her name, by the river, um, the seller of purple cloth. Uh, mm. Lydia. Lydia, you know, and then the church in Europe is born, and, you know, mm. that was it was a good strategy. So... And of course there's there's Mary
0: the ultimate yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Mary penultimate resulting in Jesus the ultimate yeah exactly <laughs> yeah the penultimate that's what that word means yeah right? yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah and you guys also studied psalm 127 too which I love
2: um yeah I mean I, we can talk about Mary for a second.
1: Talk about Mary.
0: Okay. Something about Mary. There is um, something about her. Cut <laughs> <get> all that. <laughs> no, cut no, um, that part. That's a good part.
2: Um, yeah, so, I mean, thinking about Mary, so Mary bore in her body and delivered from her body and then raised, you know, physically the child who ended up being the savior of the world. Mm. So she, there's a way that she produced this fruit out of her own body mm. through a considerable amount of, human effort Mm -hmm. and sacrifice and Mm -hmm. you know human activity there's a lot that mary is doing Mm -hmm. but um this is actually i mean think about even just the the conception of jesus is an idea that was formed in god's mind and Mm -hmm. god executed this through mary Mm -hmm. um this is a plan that god had to to save and love and redeem the world that like far you know pre um it just, it was, you know, it was way bigger than, than Mary. Um, but in the, in the kind of beauty of that plan and the mystery of this plan, he invited Mary to participate. So Mm -hmm. she plays this crucial role, but Mm -hmm. it's not even something that she set out. Like Mm -hmm. she didn't try to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. She was a virgin. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no, there was nothing on her part that that kind of caused this. Except um, her yes. It didn't cause exactly. it. Exactly. But she had to
0: say yes. Right. The Going key... back to Serene's episode. Yep. Um, Come on. what are you willing to say yes to? Like right. she had to say yes to to God. Come on, dude.
2: Right. There was a an you know a humility to surrender and submit mm-hmm. to that idea and that plan that like mm-hmm. that was bigger than her and mm-hmm. she was being invited to participate in it. Um, so it's, yeah, she's surrendering to the Holy Spirit. She's saying, yes, Mm -hmm. let it be done to me according to your will. Um, but it's really clear that Mary is the instrument of God's will. God is the actor. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's this, um, you know, so the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and there's this, there's this artist. I don't remember the name of the artist, but there's a, a depiction of the moment of conception where the Holy Spirit is depicted like overshadowing. Mm. I and mean, it's just this gorgeous mm. presence over Mary and Mary is small, but she is saying yes. And um, God's will and God's plan is executed through her human body.
1: So. Yeah. And I mean, if there is a picture par excellence of revival leadership, it is Mary. <laughs> because right. every revival leader right. um Hosts a calling of God on their right. life in in their human body, and and we the, one of the ways that you you have to start, and in and all of us are gonna have to start if God is gonna do a new thing and birth a new thing in our time and our places, we are gonna have to say yes to Him,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: And then we're gonna have to make room for the calling that He's deposited in us, just like Mary had to make room for the infant Jesus, right? And, you know, I remember this, like, I'm, you know, when, when I first, you know, when I had that conversation on my 35th birthday with Ryan, where I felt like God had been calling me to say yes to this calling, like Mary, and I finally did, Ryan asked, now, how are you going to make room for this? Hmm. Like, what is it going to actually, and and then at that point, the conversation got very strategic. Like, are you going to carve out space in your calendar to pray? Every day. And at some point I was like, well, I haven't been able to pray every day. And he's like, how can you lead others into revival if you're not praying every day? You know, so it's like very practical. And Mm -hmm. what will it look like in your job? How are you going to rewrite the way you do your ministry job in order to make room for this new vision? And Mm -hmm. so it is a lot like Mary. It's saying Mm -hmm. yes to the Lord and then it's making room for God to actually bring that vision into the world through you. So it's super.
2: Right. And the thing that, you know, God brings into the world through Mary, I mean, it's, it supersedes Mary in the end. So her role is important, but, um, yeah, just the redemptive purposes of God that are fulfilled in Jesus. It's not about Mary's ministry from yeah. that point. It's <laughs> right. about, you know, yeah, it's about something that began infinitely in the past that is being fulfilled through and,
1: Jesus. And, and we do have to be willing to let what God does eclipse us. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's, that's going to be hard for, right. for for some of us because we have egos. And <laughs> right. I remember at one point oh God, God. <laughs> except so for Adam. Some of us. You know, Adam is, <laughs> I don't have God. no ego. And that's why we keep him around. So, um, at one point, God asked me like, I mean, I remember him talking to me about like, you know, the, the initial spark is lost in the flame. And God mm-hmm. asked me, are you willing to be a spark? Because you will be lo- if, if God sends revival... We will all play a part, but what God does is gonna—it's gonna engulf us. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be so much bigger than us. And
0: well, it reminds me of—I uh, think it was Patrick Fung at Urbana.
2: I was thinking of the same talk. Yeah,
0: a couple, yes. couple Urbanas ago. It's um, the president of China Inland Mission, or or something. Yeah. Some some guy there. He was the yeah. expositor for the yeah. the week, and uh, the one thing that he said that got like requoted six million times was. Uh, live to be forgotten mm-hmm. uh, he told the story of how he walked into a library and in China, and I think he realized that there were just all these names of missionaries and Christians who had given their lives or just died of natural causes, and it was just thousands of names and he was like, they made it pot like mm-hmm. nobody knows who they are yeah. you know? and his like the Christian is one who lives to be forgotten mm-hmm. yeah and you know. It was kind of like a pin drop in the room because that goes against everything, oh, everything, everything our ego says and everything our Western Western Christianity says. So.
2: Ministry culture.
0: Ministry culture. Yes. Success culture.
1: Our, our our mo. Many times our motives for ministry. Right. I mean, deep down, I mean, let's be honest. Like, a, I mean, there's a lot of comparing resumes, mm-hmm. you know, and
2: well, just celebrity culture, you know, is present in the church you yeah. know yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah
1: it's not it's like hard. it ends, ends at the, it, <laughs> it's, it's hard yeah it's thick in America it's not like it doesn't seep into the church right yeah right so yeah
2: so Mary I mean she's the picture of someone who participates in an idea and a, a plan and a purpose that is so much bigger than she is and mm-hmm. she I mean that is that that sense that I have of the the awe and the, gr- the gratitude for being chosen i mean just think about mary's Mm -hmm. you know that moment of just realizing what she's being chosen for and why her and Mm -hmm. um yeah she's willing and then she lets jesus you know even as a mother at some point she's letting him go Mm -hmm. to do the thing that he's going to do and then to die i mean Mm -hmm. she's she is surrendering the mm-hmm. whole time mm-hmm. so anyway she yeah, she
1: says the almighty has done wonderful things for me and holy is his name yeah a beautiful prayer I, I so I mean I do think as we lean towards wrapping up I almost don't want to stop talking about this because it's so inspiring to me right now but you know what does it mean to actually live this out like what does it look like okay we i'm, I'm leading in a ministry context mm-hmm. to um to embody that revival leadership high mystery high strategy leadership
2: well i mean i think we sort of touched on it earlier but i think the first step is to identify where you tend to lean mm. and to just recognize that there are some really good things about that you know, there's a strength to being a strategic leader. There's a strength to being a mysterious, you know, prophetic, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, leader. And -hmm. that those things are important and necessary Mm -hmm. in the kingdom. And so to not kind of disparage or to criticize the way that you are wired, but then to, to hear the invitation to move from whatever box you are into that upper right box Mm -hmm. and what needs to change or, yeah, I think that question of making room is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so for me, it, it began with a hunger for that. I mm. just, and, and really it was noticing that in somebody else and, and recognizing I don't have that and I want that. And maybe maybe for some of you that this conversation is kind of bringing that to light.
1: The, even, like I'm, I, I, I have a lot of you know, strategic nuts and bolts in my leadership, I, a lot of skills, and, but I'm missing that sense of intimacy with God or I'm missing that longing for him or, yeah, or that, yeah, dependence and, and to just identify, I want that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or if you
2: feel, I mean, I think for some of us in ministry, your shoulders feel tired from Mm. pulling the yoke by yourself. Mm. And I think if that's you, that's probably a good indication Mm. that you might be more in the strategic box and, Mm. and needing to depend on the Holy spirit more. What Mm. does that look like to even reflect on, Mm-hmm. that image of the yoke. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and, and it mm-hmm. is vulnerable to lean into that too because Jesus says, come to me, you are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's scary to accept that rest because you're like, well, what's going to happen to this meeting or this thing I'm right. supposed to lead? I have I have all these plates spinning. How can I let one of them crash? Come and to me it and I'll may, give you success. Yeah, maybe right. an <laughs> act of faith. Actually, maybe some of those plates have to crash. Yeah. Some, yeah. some things are going to have to... Slow down. You're going to have to take a Sabbath. You're going to have to not pack your day (laughs) with activities and maybe devote some time to prayer. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Yeah, and and prayer for, I think, ministry fruitfulness, but also that place of just seeking God's face and intimacy with God that Mm -hmm. feels like it's almost even. Less quote unquote strategic or productive than praying for your ministry, Mm. (laughs) you know, right? That place of just being intimate with Jesus that feels like, How is that connected to the numbers that I want to see? Yeah, and and that's
0: that's Mary and Martha. Yeah, I found also if like you find yourself tied to your strategies, like you know, like I'm really invested in this particular thing that I thought of or this strategy, Mm -hmm. the more that you are. seeking god's face and growing intimacy you hold those strategies more lightly yeah Mm. it's not like you totally forget strategy and Mm -hmm. become the opposite of yourself Mm -hmm. but you like oh well yeah that's fine we can let that one go or we can try this one instead Mm. right but um you become more centered versus lopsided
1: yeah at our last fall conference adam you did a great job of this because you planned out everything i mean we had the most minute by minute planned out conference we've had ever in history and yet as the project director the conference director you were so open to making room for the holy spirit
0: and the holy spirit moved and we changed things up yeah you know like it wasn't in the plan but we we changed it up yeah Uh, i think that's the freedom in planning like you're free from By making a plan, you're free then from the plan in a weird way, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can deviate from it because you know what's coming, you know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And if there, if God does something that's beyond the plan, awesome. We can totally Mm -hmm. go with that, you know, versus, Mm um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then, so I think, you know, on the other side, I think there's probably, um, some of us or some of you listening who are longing for more um yeah intentionality in your ministry activity so what would Mm -hmm. it look like to set a goal and do something really specific about it so greg would you know that example of greg had this calling to build altars of prayer and worship and love to talk about that but Mm -hmm. didn't know how to execute on that Mm -hmm. and i think some of you may have a dream in your heart or Mm -hmm. a a calling from the Lord or some kind Mm of thing that's burning in you. That is this mystery. That's been a a word from the Lord, but you don't know how to, how to make God's dreams become like real on the Mm -hmm. earth. And so I think that that, that's a place where you may be feeling a sense of longing. Like, Oh, I have this mysterious sense of calling, but I don't know how to make that real. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a place to lean into strategy. And, I think, yeah, my advice would be, you know, partner with a strategic leader. I was going <laughs> to say the same
1: thing because a lot of times mysterious people don't think strategically. And...
2: Right. Well, the, 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 the unfair thing here is strategic people can partner with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. So we, I can partner with Jesus, you know, and he can bring the mystery and help me in that area. Mm-hmm. But I think people who naturally are wired in that high mm-hmm. mystery leadership actually need human beings to partner with them yeah. to help bring the strategic side i mean
0: i also think the holy spirit the, will for speak. folks that are high strategic and partner with the holy spirit often a person who is high mystery yes. has a different understanding of what high mystery means me. <laughs> me as a strategist where i'm yeah. like oh yeah that was totally high mystery like, no you just played no, the chorus that's a true. second time <laughs> <laughs> that's not high mystery. where the strat the mystery person is like we're changing you know so i that's true i agree what you're saying but i also yes think there's something. There's a benefit of having a, <laughs> a human, a human that pushes you out of your comfort Absolutely. zone, and um, and someone. I mean, this is part of
1: Sarah. This is part of your calling is to is to help make those visions. That is, Tactical. that is
2: how i describe it is to bring god's dreams to life on the earth that's what i'm really? made that's... to do and but to find someone, someone happened, that then you
1: know? to find somebody that is a strategic leader and they're all around like if mm-hmm. you're a church leader there are strategic leaders mm-hmm. in your denomination there are coaches i mean kind mm-hmm. of what you want a coach type person mm-hmm. or if you're on campus ministry staff there are on your team there are people and so what does it yeah, mean yeah you
2: don't Sorry, I'm interrupting
1: you. No, you're good. Go ahead.
2: Um, you don't want someone to tell you what to do. You want someone to help you decide. Yeah. You know what is the Holy Spirit saying to you that is
1: in you to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Tell me what your dream is. So, what do you think that means to implement that? And, it, you know, we could ask ourselves the same question, but it's so. It, for some reason, it just really helps to have somebody
0: else yeah. do it mm-hmm. and. Um, and one real practical thing that you can do is I kind of stumbled on this in a team meeting once where I I printed out these grids that you can find on the show notes that are coming somewhere. (laughs) Um, And I handed them out at our team meeting and kind of, we went through every thing we do, every uh, value or tool or strategy that we have and kind of said, okay, what would this look like if we did it high mystery low strategy Mm. what would this look like if we did it high strategy low mystery Mm -hmm. Cool. and I thought it was just going to be like a little helpful exercise but it actually like really unlocked things for people in Mm -hmm. a way that got them thinking outside of their box so Mm -hmm. maybe if you are someone who's high mystery you could take a grid and take it to your meeting and say hey let's look at this prayer meeting that goes on for a couple hours and what would this look like if we, you know, infuse strategy into it and like what Mm. does it look like if we only stay with mystery? or you could take it to your, um, you know, ministry planning meeting and say what does kids ministry look like? High strategy, no mystery. What does it look like? High Mm. mystery, no strategy. What does it look like? High and high. Have them dream together Mm. Uh, and that kind of activates the people that are high mystery, high high strategy or vice versa Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that I wasn't expecting yes. in that meeting. It was helpful. That's that's really good. And you that's, can do it for printing four pieces of paper. That's brilliant. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant.
2: Um, just a little because because you said kids ministry. Um, just a little sidebar that um, I think if you're a pastor or a you know church leader, children's ministry I think is one of the most uh, in sort of Western, especially um,
1: evangelical. evangelical
2: churches. I think is one of the least high mystery places in the church Mm. we try Mm. to uh, put that in a box because it's scary to open that mystery box with children and tell them that god can speak to them and and hear from you know that they can hear from him and so we tend to be very strategic Mm. and low mystery there um so just a little little freebie there
1: well and that's something we've been at at sanctuary that you've been leading the church into is I mean, all of us we want to engage both to be scripturally sound, but also open to hearing the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. that includes and children. And that includes mm-hmm. kids. And if we don't
2: believe that God can speak to children, then we have some theological issues that <laughs> yeah. won't hold true and through this the rest is, of our This is a whole ministry. podcast for yes. another episode, but <laughs> lo and behold... Tune in next time. Lo and
1: behold, God does speak to children. He He's able to do that. So. And
2: adults and...
0: Bastards. So
1: wherever you lean um high mystery or high strategy um our prayer for for you is that God is gonna help you to um to be like Mary mm-hmm. and to allow him to birth um, through your own activities and human efforts his purposes and for all of us in this season that we would. We would That we would embrace the, that posture Jehoshaphat had of God. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And that we would wait on the Lord for divine strategy for our churches, for our home groups, for our campus ministries. And then we'd be obedient and acting out on what God tells us. And that um, what he does would be far greater than any of us could anticipate. So blessings as you go, and we'll uh, see you
0: on the next episode alright friends thanks for joining us today on the podcast uh, if you want some show notes to have uh, a copy of what we talked about today you can head over to the website at revivalleadershippodcast.com and head to the blog where everything will be posted or just drop us an email at revivalleadershippodcast at gmail.com and we will send them to you alright see you next time